Okay, welcome to our Bible study. And I want to open with prayer. Father God, thank you for this time that we have. And thank you for Hannah coming to speak. And for all the ladies here in our discussion group and for all that you do for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, I want to introduce Hannah. Hannah is one of six sisters. She has a deep love of the Bible. Her mom's favorite Bible story was Hannah, is why she's named Hannah. That's beautiful. She loves to walk and she's a great at serving. She's always willing to help. And all in all, she's a very delightful person. And I know you're going to love hearing um, Hannah. I look forward to hearing your story. Well, it was really good. I enjoyed being in discussion because some of you I don't know as well. So it was really good in discussion time to get to know you all better and um, get a little more feel for everything. I hope you got to know me a little bit better too. <laughs> um, yeah. And is it recording? Does it? It is recording. Okay. <laughs> so yeah. Um, I'm excited to share what God taught me in Romans 8 back in January. It was a while, so I had to rethink about everything. Um, so yeah, and bear with me. I'm used to teaching little kids. So, so this is my first time like in front of women. <laughs> um, like I've helped, helped lead discussion groups and stuff, but it's different standing up here and teaching. And so I'm excited to see what God uses me for in this. Um, I wanted to bring it back to last time when Cheryl shared, and that was so meaningful and deep and how she brought the picture of hopelessness and explaining it was really helpful to get in the mindset of what like hopefulness, hopelessness looks like and how that contrasts to our hope in God. And I wanted to just read on um, the memory verse that she had for us one more time, just because it connects well with what I'm going to be talking about today. So Romans 5, 5 says, and hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. And I just like that picture of hope is not a shameful thing. Like when you're feeling shame, there's the lack of hope. So if there's shame, there's clearly no hope. So if you're hopeful, there's no shame there. And when you're, when you have hope. Um, so to start with where I was at in January, um, at the beginning of the year, when we got to Romans 8, kind of have to back it up three years so you can see where I was at emotionally um, once we got there. I mean, three years piled up pretty well. So 2018, very beginning of 2018, um, my little sister Diana, who is my best friend, gets married. Um, and it was really, really hard emotionally for me because she's my best friend. She was right down the hall for however many years that was. And so not having her down the hall anymore was hard. And the fact that I wasn't number one, <laughs> her husband is. <laughs> so it's like before it was like she could spare so much time for me. But now that she's married, it wasn't. And I realized I was depending a lot on her more than I realized. So it was a really emotionally hard time in the beginning of 2018. Like I was so happy and excited for her and Corey but it was just really emotionally hard not having my best friend in the same house anymore. Um, she lives close, but still it's different. You have to actually make the time to see them. Well, come Good Friday that year, my brother-in-law does something stupid and has a bike accident 
and breaks its collarbone. Um, and it was so bad that the bone, the hard part was Diane and Corey didn't have insurance. And so they were struggling with trying to find the right position, the way to pay for it, raise money. So Corey went around for 12 full days in utter pain. And like, she's my best friend and I love Corey an extension of her. So like, it was emotionally hard for me too, like watching the pain he was going through and the emotions Diana was going through the lack of sleep because she's like, if he falls weird, he might break more. And it's just, it was just so much hard going on. And so he's also my coworker and I work for my dad. And so him not being at the shop anymore and me and dad trying to pick up the slack around the shop because we're missing one person and just everything that was going on. It was a lot. And as Corey was getting better, lo and behold, I come from six sisters. Um, we had a falling out amongst us. <laughs> Disagreements, trying to work through forgiving each other. And then one husband stepped in and tried to talk for his wife. And that just made everything worse. And it was just such a hard emotional time. And by the end of 2018, we were still dealing with the sister drama. And Diane and I looked at each other, we're like, 2019 you'll be way better than this way better than this year was well 2019 beginning of 2019 um in about mid-february i was the children's pastor at the church i was going to at the time and in the past the leadership was really good at working alongside me asking my opinion when lo and behold they come to me and tell me i need to change something and i'm like okay well why do you want me to change that i was trying to talk it through and they're like i'm like i feel like after praying about it, I don't think this is the right move for the children's ministry. They're like, it doesn't matter if you think you hear from God. Um, this is what we want. And I'm like, but I feel like this is what God is saying. Well, we know you think you hear from God, but this is what we hear from God. And so I was dealing with the emotions of all of a sudden the leadership that was helpful and I could rely on was, would listen and we could work together. It wasn't happening anymore. They wanted a yes man and it was really hard. And I tried talking a few times with the pastors and they just didn't hear me. And they kept telling me that I, I was seeing things wrong and I didn't need to be involved in that decision-making process. And so around the time when I realized I needed to have another talk with them was Memorial Day weekend in 2019. Well, Memorial Day weekend in 2019, my dad was riding his bike on PCH and got hit by a truck. And um, his pelvic bone broke, his ligaments were torn in one knee. He had some brain bleeds and there was, his back had some fractures and it was hard. I knew God was in control. I knew God had got dad in his hands, but it was really, really hard emotionally, um, trying to get through everything, trying to remain focused on God and trust that he had my dad in his hands. And, God did amazing things. My mom will go into more details next time on that. So you'll get more of that later. But just like, that's where I was. Like my dad was emotional. We were like, is he going to live? Is he, he did live. Okay. Is he ever going to walk again? Like what's going on? Um, and then my brother-in-law and I had to run the shop without my dad. <laughs> so it was like trying to figure out everything. Some of the programs dad was better at than my brother-in-law was so like all the emotions of like things were just really, really, really hard. Well, as my dad gets back from the hospital and things are getting better, all of a sudden the leadership at church, I totally forgot about what was going on in there. They come to me and they want me to change more things. And 
They don't even want, really want my opinion. They think that I just need to go along with what they say and it's a way of learning to trust them. Well, after a lot of prayer and tears and emotions, I realized I had to step down and I had to leave that church. And it was really hard because it, I'd been there for four years as a children's pastor. And I loved those kids, but it wasn't a healthy environment anymore. So then I was lost, um, wandering for not in a church, being disappointed by hurt from the church. Some of my friends from that church wouldn't even talk to me anymore. Um, and it was just so hard emotionally. So by the end of 2019, my little sister and I looked at each other and we go, 2020 is going to be way better, way better. And we deserve it to be better. Yeah, that's a little arrogant thinking we deserve it to be better. So it comes 2020, obviously everyone knows what happened last year. I mean, it starts off with Australia on fire. So it's like that was kind of a sign of as things go. And then as the virus broke out, um, I had some friends who would come to me and ask how I was doing. And I'm like, I'm good. I'm, God is in control. He has the number of our days in his hands. I'm not worried about this. They were like, but they were like, yeah, but, and they didn't want to trust God. They kept being like, yeah, but we don't know. Yeah, but this. And I was like, there's no yeah, but with God. God is in control and we need to trust him. And I even struggled with the church I was um, visiting at the time the leadership, I was concerned. I'm like, can we have the option of meeting in smaller groups? And they're like, oh, but we have technology now. So why should we do that? And I'm just like, uh, because we're supposed to not forsake the gathering together, but we have technology. And I'm like, oh my word. <laughs> I was just like, I can't, I can't even, I'm like, I don't read that fine print in the Bible that says, if you have technology, you can, <laughs> you don't have to gather together. So, um, so then that's happening. And then the friends that I didn't lose from the previous church or didn't lose because I was trying to point them to trust in God, I lost because they decided to join the social justice bandwagon that started last year. And as I tried to teach, talk to them about biblical reasons why we shouldn't jump on that, they wouldn't listen. And I just lost those friendships. So like my friendship pool started dwindling down. And then we have political upheaval everywhere and it's an election year and everything's crazy. So by the end of 2020, me and my little sister looked at each other and we're like, 2021 is going to suck. We were done. We were just like, yeah, it's going to suck. So come January 6th, when we got here and the crazy stuff happens in Washington, and I was just in this disillusioned mindset and just anxious and worried. And I was just like, what the heck is going on? I don't know. And I was just, I was just done with everything. So we get here, Jennifer did a really good talk encouraging us that night. And it was so helpful, but then we get our lesson for the beginning of eight. And so let me just walk through where I was at as I was going through the lesson. So um, first we get to verses one through 23 and specifically one through 17. Um, focuses on those in Christ no longer are condemned to death in the flesh, but given life in the spirit and adopted by God made co-heirs with Christ. And that was just a really good reminder. I'm like, I don't have to worry about the flesh because I am in the spirit. I have life because I am no longer condemned because of Christ. And that really helped me start focusing and start realizing I'd been taking my eyes off of what was important in the last three years, like it just started building. And then we got to verses 18 through 23 and that we believers and creation are groaning and waiting for God's revealing of his children and the renewing of our bodies and all of creation. 
And it was just, I really like that picture of creation around us is not in perfection either. Creation around us is struggling as well. So it's not just us as believers who are sitting there going, when God, when um, is creation with us and just waiting in anticipation for when God will reveal us all, reveal us for who we are and just bring himself back for us and everything. So, but what really, really, really nailed it home for me on that lesson was verses 24 through 25, which is the memory verse we had. And I, I'll read those out loud. Just, I don't know, oh, I'm on the wrong page. <laughs> um, so, uh, for in this hope, we were saved, but hope that is seen is not hope at all. We ho- who hopes for what they already have? But if we hope for what we do not yet have, we wait for it impatiently. Um, it just struck me in that moment I was, uh, as I was reading those verses and reading the questions from Jennifer about those verses that I had lost sight of where my hope laid it laid. It laid in God. It lays where God is. It's in Christ. I need to focus on that. And I was focusing so much on the world around me and the circumstances that were happening in my life. And I just let it keep building and building and building without focusing where my hope lies. And when I look at what's around me, of course, it's going to be hopeless. <laughs> I'm going to be hopeless. But if I focus on the promises in these previous verses that we will be renewed in Christ, Christ will return, our bodies will be renewed, creation will be renewed. That is where my hope lies in the fact that God's promises will be fulfilled. And that's where my focus needs to be on God's future revealing of his glory to us and bringing us into that glory with him. And so, I like I the difference between hope and wishing I wanted to point out because that's what I realized I was doing. I wasn't hoping in the world. I was more wishing on what was going on because hope is confident expectation and it brings us pleasure and joy. And there was no pleasure and joy in the hoping that next year would be better um, because it was more of a wishing because wishing is uncertainty and you have anxiety in that. And then there's a lot of pain that comes with that emotional, sometimes physical pain, because when I'm emotional, physically, my body does weird things. So it's like, I was wishing instead of hoping in what I had confidence in, and that was Christ. And I was wishing on what the world could do instead of hoping in what I know God can do. Um, So as, um, as I was reading those verses too, the verse in 2 Corinthians 4.18 comes to mind and it says, so we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but what is unseen, since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. And so just to remember that the world around me is temporary. It's not going to be this way forever. And what I need to focus on is the eternity of what God has for me and what he has for everyone in the world and all believers with him and creation to be renewed. Um, And then as I was meditating on these verses some more, the song on Christ, the solid rock I stand came to mind. And um, the first line opening line is my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus blood and righteousness. And what a powerful thing for it to be built on is Jesus's blood and righteousness. That is where my hope is found. And I was just like, oh, God, I am so sorry. I've lost sight of where I need to keep my eyes. Um, so later at the end, I want to sing that song with you all because 
every verse in that song is just a great reminder of where our hope is found. So come, that was the end of that um, lesson. And so Jennifer broke up eight in two sections. Um, so we get the new lesson and it's after inauguration day and I was feeling a little down again <laughs> um, as I was just like, I don't even know. And it's like, okay, God, help me, help me keep my eyes on you. Help me focus. My hope is found in you. Help me focus. And so we get to verses 26 through 27 and I'm going to read it in the same way. The spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the spirit because the spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. And that was just a good reminder as I'm focusing my hope back on God and on Christ where it needs to be. I was still in a moment of, I don't know how to pray for what's going on in our country. I don't know how to pray for the churches around me that are still not opening, that aren't allowing people in where the hope is found because Christ is found when believers are gathered together. And so I was just like, okay, how do I pray, Lord? How do I pray for all of this? And those verses just were really helpful. I don't know how to pray, but the spirit knows how to pray. God knows my heart and he knows what I, what I long for. And I long for what's best for him and his glory and his purpose and his will. But one thing did come to mind as I was thinking about that. There's this thing I like to say when um, we're talking about hard things with different people who, um, whether it's politicians or family members, or they're doing things that they shouldn't, I'm like, they need Jesus. <laughs> I'm like, they need Jesus. And one of my nieces went, but they have Jesus. I'm like, but they still need Jesus. <laughs> I was like, like one person in particular. And I was like, they're not choosing to look at Jesus right now. So they still need Jesus. And that was just, God was like, you say they need Jesus. So start praying that they get Jesus. So it made me realize I needed to start praying for the leaders in our country, the leaders of the churches, my friends who pulled away, just pray for Jesus in their life, because that's the only true hope. And the only thing that will truly change anything. So it was just like, okay, God, I've lost sight of what I need to be praying for even. It's like Jesus, that's what's important. So then we moved on to um, the rest of Romans and 28 through 34 speaks about how we are justified by God and God is the one who justifies us. And if he is for us, then who can be against us? And so I had to remember my justification is in Christ, in God, and it doesn't matter who says what about me and what's going around. God's for me. So no one can really be against me because God is for me. Um, and then verses uh, 35 and the rest of the passage, I want to read out like because they're really good. Um, well, all of it's really good. <laughs> but um, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, nor neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. And those verses were just so good to wrap up this reminder from God that even with who's in place in government, even if I don't know what's going to happen with how churches are, or even my friends, 
he loves me, then he's going to be there with me through everything good or bad. And I needed to focus on that too. focus on Christ as my hope, focus on praying for what wants me to pray for and help having him help me and then focus. are crazy around me. Um, so I just wanted as just with all that, just to remember that we as believers are Christ's light for the world and the hope that is in Christ. And to remember to try to see how, how we're responding. Are we responding and pointing towards that Christ is our hope and our light? Or are we just as scared and worried as those around us? Yes, we're going to have moments of being scared and worried, but how soon do we get back to looking towards Christ? as our hope, as our light, as our, the one who loves us all the time, no matter what's going on. Um, so yeah, I hope that encouraged you all like it did me when I went through it. And so let's sing um, uh, on Christ the solid rock I stand and then I'll pray when we're done. So, all right, <laughs> we'll do it acapella because I don't know how to play a piano or anything. <laughs> so, all right, I'll, I'll count us. Um, one, two, I guess my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. On Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. All other ground is sinking sand. When darkness fails his lovely face, I rest on his unchanging grace. In every high and stormy gale, my anchor holds within the veil. On Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. All other ground is sinking sand. His oath, his covenant, his blood support me in the whelming flood. When all around my soul gives way, he then is all my hope and stay. On Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. All other ground is sinking sand. When he shall come with trumpet sound, oh, may I then in him be found, dressed in his righteousness alone. Faultless to stand before the throne. On Christ the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. All other ground is sinking sand. Let me pray for us. Dear God, thank you so much that um, 
we have the assurance and confidence in our hope in you. And I pray that you would help us all be that light, be that hope for those around us pointing to you and help us not lose sight and focus of where our hope is found and help us keep our eyes on Christ and you and just the confidence of knowing that you love us all the time, no matter what is going on. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Hannah. Good job.